All right, so here we go. We're going to get this uh, podcast started. Uh, my name is Devin K. Shashi Christensen, and this podcast is about my dream that I want to do. And um, this book that I just wrote, it's uh, very music-related. It's uh, my top 10 bands as well as uh, three underrated. And then it talks about my health and how music has become such a huge part of my life. And the previous podcast was about uh, my health trials I've had. And that's one reason why music has been such a huge blessing to me. Um, I basically started this podcast, um, just cause I was going to do it, but it has taken quite a while just cause I wanted to try to get my book out there and it's pretty complicated. Um, since I do have health issues, like right now I am on, uh, hemodialysis, which is basically uh, dialysis and there's a catheter that goes right into my chest and I talked about it in my previous podcast and so I guess that's where we'll start so if you want to follow me along you can watch the podcast or um, if you want to do it on your phone if you're um, <coughs> actually listening to the podcast and not on YouTube there um, yeah anyways my website that I have is user-friendly so uh, here we go. We're going to open up my Google Chrome here and we're going to go to Liquid Sessions. And so it's www.liqudesessions.com. So go there. Um, this will pull up. And so Pitchography is the name of my book. And the reason I called it Pitchography. Um, I'll talk about really quick again is um <clears throat> pitchography basically because this is a pitch to sir richard and holly branson that are the virgin exemplars you know of that huge virgin empire um it's ginormous and my dream is a musician's resort that is both public and private private and it's huge um i have the layout all done, everything's cost out to the penny, you know, I did this for my culinary capstone. Um, so I'm a chef as well, and um, I just took it to the max. I wanted to do it. I had time. I wasn't employed at the time um, during school because I wanted to focus on that. Like, I was a little bit, actually, I was working at a cafe um, up on the point of the mountain in Utah, um, golf course there. And um, I was a chef there, so I did that part-time um, as well once uh, I got out. And so, and partly between, I guess, too. Anyways, um, graduated from the Art Institute of Salt Lake City. And so um, this isn't anything part of it. This is just something different that um, I decided to do. Um, but it sort of spawned from there a little bit. And so Petrography is the name of the book. Um, yeah, so it's a, like a pitch and then an ography, like a biography or an autobiography, whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess it's an autobiography since I'm talking, but it's also a podcast because it's going to be talking about other stuff besides this after, um, I do a read through just cause it's something I wanted to do anyways. 
So that's what that is. But we're going to start my health chapter just because I want to give you guys an idea of how much music means to me and how much it has played a part in my life. And it always will. Um, I love music. And you'll see my top 10. I talked about it a little bit, but you can always, I don't know, jump ahead and read. But we're going to jump into my health chapter. So we'll click on that. Um, actually, hold on. We'll jump back here really quick. So this is the website come down um going to sink in that jumps right into the top 10 and so there's a preview of that really quick if you want to see that in three underrated bands this is a video um they can check out and it's called liquid air insta um i'll play it really quick a little bit I'll fast forward it because there's people watching, you know, or listening to the podcast. And so I guess I could explain what's on. It's got some crazy pictures of my health and then some bands I was with. And it just goes on. There's Jared Leto from 30 Seconds to Mars, um, 303, you know. And then it goes into my signed posters, memorabilia. And so it's doing that. But um, jump down. You can put in your name in here in your address and once i start updating stuff i'll let you know and then there is um i think you know i have a tagline that says we don't sell your shit so we don't you know i'm just sending out cool things or interesting things once i get um everything going you know it takes a while because i'm sort of doing it one mandate right now i have some friends that have helped me and i'll probably ask for some more friends help um if they want to join in and they can also jump on this podcast if we've been to concerts together or if they just want to talk about music or whatever or tech or something cool, you know. Um, anyways, on here, um, on the website, it shows uh, a day to remember's um, tour. And it's their 15-year tour, and they're doing it with Papa Roach, Fallen in Reverse, and Devil Wears Prada. And so that's what that tour is below. And, you know, I'll switch it to different... Um, RS I'd like to go to or you know cool tours um, anyways so guys we'll jump into the health really quick so we'll come down here um, I did health one this is me um, as a baby I was adopted in India and the rest of my family is adopted from all over the world um, but this is me as a little baby and um, yeah I sort of look like a little alien and that nurse that was there there's a picture that we lost, but it has my nurse, um, and she was holding her thumb up to my foot, and it was the same size, so it gives you some context, plus I was like two pounds in, what was it, three or four ounces, I dropped, because I got the chicken pox, um, yeah, anyways, you can read about that in there, but we're on health part two, so here we go, we'll click in here, <coughs> so in this health part two um there's different hashtags talked about that um but i'll talk about it really quick again just because you're seeing it i don't know if i'll go back and do the video because it might take some time to do that and i just want to get everything going but i'll probably go back and do it just because i want to you guys to see it as well for the people but this health part two um the hashtags Basically, will be like a puzzle and contest that I'll be doing um, once I get enough people following me and 
it will lead to cool prizes and, you know, VIP treatments to this place. Um, once this goes through, I want it to, you know, change the world ultimately. Um, but I'll get into that once we get going here because we have people uh, listening and they want to probably hear this health part too. Um, I do want to say that um, these chapters, I'm not sure how how well I will do getting through them because they are pretty intense um, of what what happened in my life. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty shitty. And, you know, my memories obviously are different. I know how it had helped me now, but then it was pretty intense. And so it gets a little intense again. Um, you know, I might take a couple of breaks you know there might be a pause you know like there is right now just on the youtube um but yeah um i'll jump through this and i'll have a cool commentary you know it's sort of something different there are some chapters once i get into the bands um that are specifically for the podcast and uh yeah it'll be I don't know. It'll be sort of interesting to see what happens because I'm doing it sort of live. Like, I'm not redoing it at all. Um, I did mess up, like, twice before just because I was rambling about something that didn't really matter. Sort of like I am now, but sort of giving you context because um, this is the first video for it uh, if I don't go back and do the other one. So, yeah, the hashtags um, also can mean... Um, a quote depending on what I want to do an emphasis on a word or I just thought the hashtag looked cool um, I don't know that's sort of what I try to do I started trying to give this a different feel and aesthetic um, I made it all black and white um, as far as the background if you guys go to this website and you're following along but here we go so it says hashtag uh, y2k crash question mark and then hashtag nah body 2k crash and so, um, yeah, my body, like, pretty much crashed uh, during, you know, the whole crisis of 1999 and the computers freaking out because no one put in a code for two extra zeros. They only did two spaces. And so instead, you know, they needed four. And I don't know there's a huge like crisis and everybody thought the world was going to end and all this weird shit like basically that the nukes were going to go off and that they were you know going to fire because the for some reason the error would happen i don't know that's what i got from it i'm not really sure but <clears throat> during that time my body went through some interesting things so here we go so i wrote this in real time um on this date which is december 12th 2013 at 11:26 p.m oh damn it's almost uh 11 26 here it's 11:14 mountain center time january 25th is when i'm doing this right now so um yeah it'll be live in the sense that it is right then but it won't be live as in like youtube and things like that because i gotta get a camera i could use my phone but I'm trying to figure out how I want to set it up. And I'd rather, like, wait and purchase something and have this, you know, this uh, screen recording good. And All right, so here we go. Um, starting artist, Copeland, 
uh, hashtag texting the strong ones, and that was repeated. I, so I listened to that five times, and I did that um, while I was writing this. Um, this picture right here was on, I think, one of the operating tables. can't remember which surgery it was after. Um, actually, oh, yeah. Okay. <coughs> Yeah, this picture is sort of interesting. So I took this, um, this last year, 2017. Um, I think this was on my second surgery, and I'll get into that just for this year. I had quite a few surgeries for 2017, but this one um, was actually around the time of um, Chris Connell of Soundgarden. Let's see, did I say that wrong? I can't even type right now. <laughs> Chris Cornell, God, sorry. I I don't know why I say Connell, but yeah, Chris Cornell. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I'll apologize right now. Anyways, um, it was around the time that he had passed away. Um, and so I was sitting there and the guys wanted to ask me they put in this port here really quick I'll just show you really quick I didn't even actually talk about that and I was supposed to sorry guys sorry you get sidetracked when you do things live but I'll open that again but um this port right here I'm showing people online but it's a hemodialysis port and this port goes straight into my heart um it rests like right next to it and um, I think that was one of the pictures I was telling everybody to do that I was going to check out. This was my first time that I had this. This was um, before I had my first kidney. So I'm on my second kidney because my first one failed. But this was right when I had to have my peritoneal catheter, which is right here in your stomach. And it goes in the side of your stomach and it goes into a lining of your sac um, that's around your stomach pretty much it's your peritoneal lining and so that's what's called peritoneal dialysis and it it's really weird how it works it works with like osmosis pretty much through your layer and it goes in there and it's pretty much sugar water that gets pumped for um they usually do it overnight um through a machine that you can do at your home and um it makes your stomach really big and it cycles through let's see i think it's five liters depending on you know how much you want to do so five liters uh going back and forth through your stomach overnight and then deposits and you put in a bucket basically and then you put that you know after that it stinks because it's toxin so it's sort of smelly so you have to clean it i did mine every once a week with bleach and then um anyways you dump it but this goes in your stomach and so uh for the people that are listening yeah i had to have two ports um on my body because i had to have this one heal and so i had to still do this because i had yet to do dialysis three times a week for about four and a half hours um usually is when you get out and so it's pretty much a part-time job and so i'm unemployed right now just uh you know doing this podcast hopefully i get some money um you know and i have my dream come true and then i'll have a lot of money and then I'll be able to help out 
bunch of people like I've been blessed and helped out as well so um I did this this was in October 7th 2011 I had the the quote that dialysis is a bitch and then it has online um you know I'm a survivor of uh 17 treatments of chemotherapy I have SLE lupus and I've had four hip replacements and some other shit um I still have uh this one right here on my chest it is a newer one obviously because I've had my transplant and that lasted three years and it failed but I've had this on um actually that's wrong it wasn't November 3rd 2017 it was actually wait was it November 3rd I thought it was earlier than that I thought it was in like July maybe not but I'm currently on hemodialysis and I'm waiting my second kidney transplant. And so, um, anyways, that was what I was going to talk about really quick right there. Um, and so that's what my health is right now. But this is before um, all of that. This is when I was young. Um, and when I was about, I was 16. I just turned 16 when all this other stuff started happening. So I'll jump into that really quick. Um as this is the chapter I'm talking about, and I've been rambling again, um, it's sort of hard. I think subconsciously I'm wanting to <sighs> delay that um, talking about it because it's going to be hard. You know, I don't want to relive it. Um, and it was really hard writing it because I didn't want to relive it. Um, and you'll see, you'll see, like, what it's talking about as I read this live. So, um, this picture, yeah, um, it's just an operating table. There's six monitors. Um, top right one shows my blood pressure, my heartbeat, and my oxygen, and my pulse. Um, all the question marks. Obviously, that hooked me up. I asked if I could take a picture of the operating table right before I jumped on. And so, anyways, I was listening. Uh, it had been a day right after. Um, yeah, Soundgarden. Um, and that was that was sort of crazy um and so i had them put on a spoon man for me and that was pretty cool listening to that um right before i got knocked out um because the the anesthesia they're all cool you know they're sitting there they'd seen that i had a previous transplant and i remembered them but they didn't remember me um putting in my other one that i had and so, um, <clears throat> yeah, sort of interesting picture. And online, you can see that it's like all, uh, looks like there's a bunch of Polaroids without the white part just taken and stacked all weird in an abstract. So, um, this one, here we go. So it's on health. It says, after the initial biopsy, uh, hashtag the results are in. This was January 2002. My doctor would always try and make things light and happy even in the worst times. I remember very vividly looking up at the insignia above the doorway as I stepped through it. And so um, the insignia I meant was like the, this was at Children's Mercy in Kansas City, Missouri. So just their logo. Um, jump in here really quick and show you. Let's see. Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Children's Mercy. And so, 
um, this logo, let's see, it's got like a kid, a father, or mother with a kid, you know, they're, I guess they're not any gender, because <laughs> they're just a sex, let's see if we can just type in logo, see if it will pop up, and so they, they had this logo, it wasn't this one though, they, this is their newer one, um, so you can see online, I don't know, but it's basically, it looks like a crown, like a, you could think about it like a halo, like, uh, cut in half on its side, so like a rainbow, basically, yeah, so like a rainbow with another rainbow inside of it with a star point coming out, like eight, and it goes into like a crown with like, um, huge, uh, I guess ornaments, I would say. Anyways, it was like that, but it had, uh white and yellow on top and so anyways it said children's mercy and so as i walked through there um i could feel a dark energy um a distraughtness that was about to happen and so um he always came in very cheerful my doctor and he would compliment me on my fossil watch that my mother and father had given me on my 16th birthday just barely over a month ago so i was born uh november 26th so this was very soon to you know my adolescence happening you know i was going to be able to drive i was turning 16 um but instead i was going through all this stupid stupid stuff um so barely over a month ago he complimented me on my watch a tiny bit more than usual man i gotta get one of those i would then brag to him that it was a three dial one that glowed in the dark he was impressed and i was happy that he was intrigued about how fucking classy i was oh this is going well right he then explained that i had systemic lupus erythematosus um yeah it's a tongue twister if you can't get that down but um i didn't know what to feel or think I didn't know what it was, and neither did my mom, really. But more than me, I looked at my mother's eyes, and she was horrified. I knew that this was going to be bad. Um, the medical jargon for this is lupus erythematosus is the name given to a collection of autoimmune diseases in which a human immune system becomes hyperactive and attacks normal healthy tissues. System Symptoms of this particular disease can affect many different body systems including joints skin kidneys blood cells heart and lungs um, lupus erythematosus may manifest as a systemic disease or in purely uh, cutaneous form also known as incomplete lupus erythematosus aka sle uh, which lucky me i had the main difference was that sle lupus also attacks the nervous system the course of the disease is very unpredictable with periods of illness, a.k.a. flares, hashtag flares, alternating with hashtag remissions. Um, the disease occurs nine times more often in men than in women, or in women than in men. Nine times more often in women than in men. So uh, that was awesome, too. Um, 
When I heard this news at 16, it was a terminal disease for someone of my age back then. The doctors did their best to save my life in my kidneys as my kidneys were the main part that were destroyed by the SLE lupus. They explained it in a very good way. It went something like this. Your kidneys are like a block of Swiss cheese and your blood, protein, vital nutrients are passing through these holes and not retaining in your body. Your white blood cells that fight off infection and your red blood cells that provide oxygen are often at war. The red blood cells are destroying your white blood cells, then attacking, attacking vital organs. In this case, your kidneys. They began to tell me that chemotherapy in the form of cytoxin would be administered immediately. I was like, isn't that for breast cancer? I was pretty vocal, interested about what was going on or what was going to be happening to my body. I still am, um, as I should be. The doctor explained, yes, but this works differently. See those holes in your kidney I talked to you about? The radiation helps make those holes turn into cracks, hashtag large divots over time. I remember the first treatment like it was yesterday, and it still haunts my dreams. Um, it strikes me right to my core to think about it. Um, hashtag for the book. For the people. Um, so basically like, yeah, the large divots and cracks. Basically like, I don't know if you've seen pictures of like a San Andreas fault, but think of like that in my, the earth is my kidneys and there's huge cracks and different holes and different things like that and so all the nutrients are just going through it um and so that's why they decided to administer chemo um which now is a treatment um that is used um and so yeah that treatment um we arrived at children's mercy and they do the usual routine of obtaining uh, your vitals and some blood. Then the IV came. Oh man, my hands are, uh, were sort of shaking as I was typing this. Um, as I'm reliving how fucking crazy the whole day was, uh, it changed my life forever. Remember, I hate needles. I could not look at needles. I hate, hate them. The first nurse stuck me. Got it? Nope. It blew, uh, which I found out that would mean that the vein ruptures or gets punctured, causing blood to leak outside the vein, uh, making it useless. All right. Uh, tighten the band. Slap, slap, slap. Okay. Uh, looks like this one will work. Second stick. It hurt. It hurts. Um, hashtag I'm screaming in my head. Then the tears start to come, uh, sort of like right now. My awesome mother there holding my hand, the third stick. By this time, there are three nurses with their giant rubber bands slapping the fuck out of my body. Fourth stick. By this time, I have my head in my pillow as I'm trying not to scream. Be strong, I tell myself. I can do this. I can. 
I can. Now they're now my feet are next. That's that's me to stop shaking. If I can. What kind of fucking question is that? I'm thinking. I couldn't. I cannot. The fist stick happens. My mom's hands blue. For me squeezing it so hard. I guess this is torture at its best. Six stick happens. I'll never forget. I hear a scream, a faint scream, as I'm almost delirious. It comes full circle. And it was mom saying, stop. Just stop. Can't you see he's in pain? As she's crying with me. As I'm crying right now again. Hashtag fuck this chapter. We're, we're not even to the chemo part yet. My mom then asked to see my doctor. He heard a nice earful from my mom as well as other parents in other rooms with their kids hearing my fucking screams. From then on, only the life flight EMTs could place my lines. My body is inflamed. It's red, which is a hard color to happen on a brown person. Um, my body is pulsing hard everywhere, like just thumping. Um, my IV is finally in. They take my blood pressure. It spiked as fuck because I was indirectly slash directly tortured. You pick. I was sitting up in my bed, looking around, and just wondering what kind of world I had just been transported to. Hashtag bright lights, monitors beeping, people hushing, hush-talking. No one knew what to expect, except the doctors, or so I thought. The doctors came in and asked two questions before... Um, hashtag testing the strong ones, hashtag scarring the beautiful ones, and that's from Copeland, that previous song that I told you I was listening to, um, during this chapter, uh, it's pretty intense, you guys should check it out, um, anyways, um, the first question they asked was very unnatural, and a very unnatural one. Um, experience at 16. Uh, before we administer cytoxin, would you like to go over the options of freezing your uh, freezing your sperm? Wait, what? Why would I need to do that? Well, Devin, the chemo will hinder your ability to ever have children. Wait. I won't be able to have kids, I stuttered. I looked to my mother for closure, assurance, as I did many times during my journey. She looked to me and asked me what I wanted to do. As she's trying to hold back tears and be strong too. 
they explained to me a little more thorough and it was very expensive to freeze them. I usually did things with faith and would reply with an unsure okay. Who knows when I would have kids. I was fucking 16. However, this time I didn't feel unsure. I'd always felt that since I was adopted and blessed to be an American citizen that I would return the favor for some lucky kid as well. I did, however, start to cry a little bit. But knowing what I knew now, I probably would have broken down even more. But I still wanted to be resilient, even through a, even though a huge part of me literally just died. Um. So yeah, uh, it was quite a bit of money to, you know, freeze your sperm. Like it'd be, I think it was, you know, um. 500, uh, let's see, what was it? I think it was like $500, um, a month, or it might have been 300 I think it was 300 you know, so times that by 12, and then times that by 33, which I am now, so it would be over like, $118,000, you know, like when I guess I felt like I wanted to have kids or, you know, would have done that, you know, that would have been pretty young, you know, um, probably like in my 20s, you know, and so with that, so even then, you know, 300 times 12 and then times that by, say, 25 would have been $90,000, you know, and mostly, um, freaking thing, sorry that popped up, guys, thought go away, because I was playing with that notification, but yeah, it would have been just a hell of a lot of money, um, to do that, and so I wasn't able to afford that, the insurance wasn't going to pay that, um, so, so yeah, like I, I just didn't, I didn't feel like that would have been good, but it was still complicated, um, just to fill everything like that when I was 16. Sorry, I just took a drink of water, I'm getting a little <coughs> thirsty, so, um, next in this chapter, um, it's a song change, and it goes to negative space. Um, Priest and the Matador by Census Bell. Um, <coughs> this song has a very particular place in my heart. The intro into the next song was amazing, as well as the whole message of the song. People think that swearing is just juvenile and that the person has nothing better to say. I'm here to tell you the part where hashtag buddy says... A man bends down and says, son, we're going to get through this one. Take my hand and let us pray. I scream, please get the fuck away. Um, you'll understand once you have been through an experience that questions your faith and your whole world. Um, and that's what I just said. 
And I believe that, you know, like that song right during that time. Um, and when I was writing this, it was like perfect. It was like amazing. Like the music gods I, I reference to when I was writing this book, it was just insane. Like the coincidences uh, that you could say, was it a coincidence? I don't know. But maybe or maybe not. Maybe it was just supposed to happen. Like it was really weird. Like all the weird things that happened when I was writing this. Um, and so I totally believe that like the reason I, um, I guess I don't believe that it makes you unintelligent. They actually have said that in different articles that it makes you more intelligent when you cuss because your vernacular and your vocabulary, which that is, um, it's just broaden and it's bigger because you use different words and you, uh, try to find different words, you know, since I'm, I consider myself a writer, um, I mean, you guys could say it was a blog, but this book took a while to do just because I really did want to publish and I wanted things to happen. Um, and so I'm sort of getting off topic and that's probably my subconscious again. Like it's going to be pretty intense. Like once we start getting into this, um, and, uh, people that are watching it probably right ahead and I don't know, um, so yeah, um, you'll understand like uh, that song if you're listening to it. Um, it's pretty intense, and it was perfect for this. And so um, onto the the book again. Here we go. Um, I had no idea what to expect and what was about to happen. A second question, Devin. We are going to administer the cytoxin now. We will be leaving and someone will be coming in to give you your first treatment. Are you ready? <clears throat> As that door shut and everyone disappeared, I'd never felt so alone in my life. Or so I thought. The prison came in. It was like a horror movie. Dressed up to the toe in radioactive gear. Gloves, shoes, mask, the whole nine yards. They then switched over the bag to pump the radiation into my body. I laid back, my head against my pillow, looking up at the IV line. I see it slowly creep down. It looks like death. Right then and there, no one was in the room, and I felt so alone. I watched it go into my wrist. It felt like a gateway to hell just opened up in my entire body. It was on fire. I put my face in the pillow and let it all out. If I could compare it to any screaming feeling, probably like the used greener with the scenery. Breakdown at 229 where Bert is going berserk and destroying the fuck out of that music studio. On repeat for an eternity, but intensifying more and more each and every heartbeat. The treatment was finally over, not pumping me with fluid for rehydration. Hashtag cleanse was next. Never in my life has cold fluid running through my body felt so refreshing. 
I just wanted to jump into a frozen pool. Zofran was next for my nausea, then some other medications injected. I awoke the next morning, checked on my mother before she awoke. I make my way to the bathroom to go number two. I grab my glasses, try to put them on. Something was wrong. I flip on the light to my horrific sight. I literally looked like the Nutty Professor, Eddie Murphy edition. But in the most emotionally crippling, what the fuck just happened to me, depressing, heart-dropping way. I did not know how to react. I just woken up and I thought it was a dream. I sat there in speechlessness. I then had one of the most hashtag torrential teardown downpours. Teardown, sorry. Hashtag torrential teardown downpours. I've ever had in my... I had ever had to my like what's happening right now. I had screamed mom at the top of my fucking lungs. She came running into the bathroom. She she looked at me and I saw the extreme horror on her face, her eyes, everything. I fell to the floor trying to comprehend what the fuck just happened to me. My mom then sprinted out of the room to find a nurse, a doctor, who the hell ever to come to my aid. It took a while as it was probably shift changes at 5 or 6 a.m. I remember it because the sun had just barely rose, had barely just rose and woke me. A nurse came sprinting in and she did not, she looked at me. And did not even say shit. She then sprinted the fuck out of the room to find a doctor. My mother then came into the bathroom and just held me. Shit, I have tears. Where your chest is also compressing right now. Full body. Musical gazette again. Song change. Lydia Hospital. Hashtag all I see scares me. Scares me. Scares me. Hashtag, I'll never ever leave there. I'll never leave. The doctor came in and was also speechless at first, but then told me I had to get back in bed and they needed to check me out. They did a bunch of vitals, x-rays, and came to the, clu- the conclusion that I retained all of my fluid overnight, which came out to 10 pounds of water weight overnight. Yeah, it stretched the fuck out of my skinny Indian body. The only way for me to expel the excess fluid was by urinating. I slowly saw my body go back to now a hashtag disfigured Devin. Um, The original title was Health Chapter Part 2.2. and it says next Friday, November 17, 2017. So this is when I launched launched it. And I did it every Friday. Um, man. Um, sorry. 
sort of just wiping my eyes a little bit here. Uh, um, yeah, so I guess we'll jump to the next part, um, which is the health continued part. Um, some of you can see on here, if you guys want to follow along, you can see uh, these scars. So the scars that were from that, um, I have them all over my body. I'll probably show some pictures of different ones, um, more than likely. This big one you see was actually from a nephrectomy, um, which is later. And a nephrectomy is where they take out your transplanted kidney, um, basically because it died and it inflamed in this huge little hernia thing doesn't give it justice to how big and inflamed my stomach was um you can see this like line right here and so it went from here um if you're following along all the way down to about you know right above my crotch and all the way around but um we'll jump into this health continued part uh 2.2 um which you know I actually decided to keep the title because, you know, I didn't want to change it to what it was. And so um, we'll start this next chapter in just a second. I'm going to take a drink, though, really quick, um, everybody. So um, actually, I don't want you guys to read along. So I'm going to push this down for you people on YouTube. Sorry, but I'm going to take a drink really quick. So this next part, um, for everybody listening and everything, um, uh, I haven't really told anybody this, um, you know, if you read along, you know, you, pre you obviously know what had, what happened and. You know, if you read the pictography or anything like that. But I'm not sure how many people really read it. Because um, when I was looking at it, like the statistics through um, Squarespace that you can do now is pretty awesome. And it didn't really say where they read it and things like that. I guess I could look more into it. But um, yeah, I haven't told anybody anything about this or out loud you know to the whole fucking world or whoever is listening um but um <clears throat> right here we go i am now so um let's see I'm gonna zoom in a little bit more I had lost I had lost <coughs> I had lost all my hope hashtag faith in many parts of my life during those first treatments I always wanted to stay invincible for my mom my family my friends 
and um, man, the tears are streaming. I'm such a fucking baby in these chapters. Sorry. Um, I just wanted it all to go the fuck away. And that came out in many lyrics that I wrote wrote while I was getting my hashtag 16 treatments of chemotherapy at hashtag Chosen's Mercy in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, there's no cure for SLE. It is treated with immunosuppression, mainly with cyclophosphamide a.k.a. cytoxin or corticosteroids or other immunosuppressants. SLE can be fatal. The leading cause of death is from cardiovascular disease due to accelerated atherosclerosis. Survival for people with SLE in the United States, Canada, and Europe has risen to approximately 95%. Five years, 90%. At 10 years, 78%. At 20 years. So, you know, I'm pretty far. I'm over a decade. Um... Anyways, um, it's 10, 10 p.m. when I read There's No Cure for SLE. I've been staring at my screen for over 26 minutes. It's now 10.36 p.m. of December 13th, 2013. Yes, I have had to do this chapter in sections. My heart is heavy and struggling. Shit, man. Oh, okay. I don't know how to to write this without making this. Fuck, my hands are shaking. Teeth are chattering. My heart is dropping. Stomach turn. Okay, here we go. I remember overhearing my pediatric rheumatologist telling my mom to watch me very very closely carefully because i could commit suicide over this disease with all of my body changes at such a young age it was more common than not that teens would do this <clears throat> and then in parentheses it says father you're too late my faith is weak so won't you save your half-hearted speech and that's from that song, Senses Fail, um, Priest in the Matador. Um, hashtag, sorry, Mom. Well, the doctor was right. Everything in my life started out as simmers, then went to boiling over and evaporating before my eyes within a year. I just met the 
love of my adolescent Romeo Julia relationship. I had lost my virginity to her. Rumors flew. Everyone was involved that didn't need to be because of my parents' hierarchy in the church at the time. I was then disfellowshipped from my church and was told that I could never see my love ever again. On top of, you know, all of my fucking health, life-altering changes full-blown at its peak. Zero to a billion real quick. We would sneak out and see each other, and we had to be super fucking clever, as I did not have a car, and neither did she at the time. I used my parents' van, and she would hitch rides with friends if that was not hard enough. It did not help that she lived 45 fucking minutes away either. <laughs> it was like she was in a different world. We were the envious couple at all the church dances. Our chemistry was fairy tale like everything that a Disney movie would portray and more. It was my 16th birthday and I tried to be full of life and not let anything slow me down even though my empire and quest was crumbling. I threw a murder mystery party and pleaded with her parents, her bishop, for her to attend. They said no. My parents even tried calling and explaining that they would be there and so on. I almost wanted to cancel my party if she was not going to be there. <coughs> she was my princess and... I, her prince, I felt abandoned by everyone. I pleaded to God, and no amount of struggle availed me, even to the last second of hope right before my murder mystery. For the first time in my life, everything was hypocritical. I felt outcasted by God, by my life. I tried. I tried to live for everyone, but it wasn't enough. One night I had lost it all. I'd lost all hope. What was left? My shitty fucking body. My parents and everyone watching me die. I could. Hashtag. Well, this is hard to write. Hashtag no one in the right mind would ask someone their prequel of suicide. Hashtag for the book for the people. I could not look myself in the mirror. I could not stare at my scars. Touch them, feel how different they were from my normal skin. They just kept becoming longer, wider, deeper, elastic. I would silent cry in my room, bathroom, anywhere. I was an expert at this now. I felt no one would ever, ever love me again. Especially in this state in my life. Hashtag, I was the arrow shot straight to hell. My mother yelled 
at me from the bottom of the, of the stairs to come and eat dinner. I did not really feel like it as I had planned out how I was going to do this. Weeks earlier, how I was going to do this works earlier. I came down anyways. I just looked at my family. And started to cry. As I looked up at them for what would be my last time, I asked to be excused from the table. As I left, I glanced back at them one more time. Sorry. I told them I was going to go to sleep for quite a while as I was tired. I slowly went up the stairs as I felt like it was my stairway to heaven or hell. Consequently, I told myself I did not want to have any music playing as I did this unspeakable act. The main reason I did not want the artist that had no control over the situation to be associated with it. I believe because earlier, a boy had sad sadly hung himself while listening to Adam's song by Blink-182. Um, and that wasn't like earlier that day. Um, it was just earlier, um, that I had read about it. Um, since then and to this day, I can't listen to that song because of that. Interesting enough, interesting enough, I'm editing this chapter the same day that my brother, Kenny, had taken his life five years previously. Love you, Kenny. Hashtag my stomachs and knots. Hashtag I never told anyone the whole story of this. I reach to turn my doorknob. It's cold as ice. I walk over to my bed, get down on the ground, and reach to the farthest corner and grab a black shoebox. And it was a gun I obtained from someone. I sat on my bed, sitting Indian style with a gun in the middle of my bed. I'm staring at it. It was still wrapped up in a dishcloth. It was probably 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. I stripped down to nakedness. Feeling that if I became, if I came before God without my clothes on, he'd see my scars, my pain, my disfigurements, and maybe, just maybe, he would let me in. Take pity on me. He would understand or maybe the devil the devil would. I take another look at my scars in the mirror. 
I begin to break down. I go over to my bed. Unwrap the gun. It's colder than anything I've ever felt. So heavy. I look at it one last time knowing that if I did this, I'd be going to hell. I did not fucking care at this point. I was so alone. I picked it up. Put it to my temple. I, I, I closed my eyes for the last time. Tears are flooding. I pulled the trigger. To my dismay, it fucking jammed. I opened the chamber and the bullet was resting halfway. I threw it across the room, across my floor. I cried for hours. I wanted so much for my time of death to be at the scene. Hashtag my time to be death at the scene. I then called a very close friend of a very close friend and told them how much they meant to me. It was late and she listened. I did not tell her I I did not tell her what I had just tried to do though. She could tell in my voice I needed closure and ear. So she sang to me one of my favorite NSYNC songs. Then told me whatever it was, I could get through it. And if anybody could, it would be me. From that moment on, I knew. I knew. I was meant to be here for a reason. I was meant to do a huge calling, not knowing what it was, but knowing that I was loved. I was something in the sight of a higher power. From that moment on, everything changed. It had to. <sighs> Fuck, man. Oh. <sighs> um. If you're following along, um, yeah, there's just some scars that you can see. Um. On this picture that I was talking about, um, there's a scar. This looks like a happy trail. It sort of is. It's going down the middle of my stomach, but they had to cut me open that way too. But there's some other scars, also some other pictures. But it says on the thing, it says, um, this isn't the one portrayed in the story. You know, it's minus that big scar where that nephrectomy is. Um... That's a different story. Um, let's see. So now we'll go uh, to this one. Um, this is the preface of uh, the health chapter. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's see, is this, uh, 
think this is just something different. Um, yeah, this preface. Um, sorry, I'm just reading it really quick. I'm trying to think what I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, damn, that was hard. Um, yeah. Um, that was a crazy time in my life. There was a lot of things that were going wrong during that time. Um, but since then, I've never wanted to do that again. Just because, I don't know, um, I don't know how, how the gun did that, or what it did, and, um, you know, I don't know, it's just, uh, yeah, it was just a crazy time in my life, but since then I've wanted to just be way more optimistic about life. I didn't want my attitude to ever go to that place again. Um, I mean, sometimes, like, thoughts go in your head but they're just thoughts and I just don't act on them I push them out um and you you have to like how else was I gonna survive how else was I going to live if I was gonna be depressed and just not want to be better you know like to me like yeah I you know, it goes back to the coincidences or, or is, or things playing out in my life, you know, did I help design this life? Did, um, did I know that all these health struggles were going to happen and that I can be better about it? I tell myself that, you know, it helps to, to pretend that that's what it's for or Am I just here and I just got the, you know, the shit into the stick? Um, you know, I, I have in ways people would say that. Um, I've thought it, you know, but at the same time, you like I said, you got to push out those thoughts. You got to be better. You got to be strong. You have to do it for just yourself ultimately, but you can try it and do it for other people, do it for, um, people you haven't met, you know, I don't know who this is going to reach, I don't know who's going to help, um, I hope it's helped some people, I hope people understand that, you know, that music, and music today, like, I'm very emotional about it, like, I have the thing where they've talked about, you know, the, emotion that goes through your body that you can feel when you have different um 
different songs. Um, it feels like a jolt. You know, those people are getting changed like that is very emotional. It goes down to your DNA that they saw on there. Um, let's see if I can find that really quick for people who are watching online. Sorry, let's see. Um, emotional uh, sense to music DNA. Let's see if that does anything. Yeah, Neuroscience of Wired. So it was Wired Magazine. Um, this is by Jonah Laher. Sorry, said that wrong. This was done on January 19th, 2011. Um, and it says, Why does music make us feel? On one hand, music is purely abstract art form devotive language or explicit ideas the stories it tells are subtle and subtext and yet even though music says little it still manages to touch us deep to tickle some universal nerves when listening to our favorite songs our body betrays all symptoms of emotional arousal the pupils in our eyes dilate our pulse and blood pressure rise the electrical con conduits of our skin is lowered in the cerebellum cerebellum a brain region associated with bodily movement becomes strangely active but is even redirected to the muscles in our legs in parentheses it says some speculate that this is why we begin tapping our feet in other words sound stirs us at our biological roots as Schopenhauer, I can't even talk right now, as Schopenhauer wrote, it is we ourselves who are tortured by the strings. So um, it's pretty interesting. And they go into that, um, you know, they did um, some PET scanning, which, you know, scanning of the brain and... Um, 212 individuals who responded to advertisements requesting people that experienced chills to instrumental music. Um, the scientists narrowed it down to a pool of 10. Um, these were people that most likely got the chills. And so they did all these tests and all this crazy shit. And they have, you know, um, brain scans of this. Um, so basically these scientists found favorite moments by these subjects that were in this and by the time they felt these changes in nerves it went up um, they showed different MRIs and scans of the brain so um, super interesting with that but um, yeah that's how music is for me um, <coughs> sorry I take another drink really quick. But we'll get talking about this next chapter really quick. Um, but basically, yeah, like I was saying, you people, you gotta. I don't know. Like, people ask how I do it sometimes, and most of the time, I don't even know how I fucking do it. Um, but it just feels like. 
you know, what I tell people right now is, you know, it's this is my life. Um, and yeah, it sucks. It sucks a lot. Um, but you can't, yeah, you just can't get down on it. And that's, it's easier said than done, you know, and I make it sometimes look easy. Um, but you know, I have times where I break down where I feel like, you know, why me? Um, you know, I'm still human. I still have emotions. I still, you know, I still hate it, you know, cause it does hinder my life. Um, you know, and some, some people, well, not some people, but they think that for every year of dialysis, it takes five years off your life. And so I don't know if that is equivalent with peritoneal, probably less, but I'm over a decade, probably 15, 16 years of my life that's gone away now. Um, it's hard to comprehend at times, you know, if that's true. Um, you know, I don't really want to live like super long, but now with all the weird shit that's coming out, like who, who knows how long you'll live now? Like if you could become a computer, you know, and download thoughts, but you know, you could have, you have different thoughts at different times, you know, like my thoughts right now of reading these chapters are way different than when I was writing them. Um, you know, it's good that I did it live, you know, like I'm doing now. Um, but, you know, it's all about attitude. It really is. Um, but we'll get talking more because some people are like, dude, you need to start reading, you know, preparing your book, start talking about this. Um, I'm trying to think what more is on this preface as far as um, if I'm going to be reading more of this or if I'm going to jump actually into the chapters about the bands. And I don't know which ones I want to do first. Um, I'll probably just start for the first ones, like where I started, like the first band that I posted about on here. Um, and they're not necessarily who I wrote first because some of them are out of order. Um, but I tried to keep it in order a little bit or around the same time frame. But I don't know, we'll see. But I'll do this one really quick. Well, not really quick, but I'll talk about it more. Um, I can't really remember what I said in this one. Uh, so this is the preface. Uh, this was Thursday, November 20th, 2013. Um, this was Thanksgiving night that I wrote this at 743 in Avon, Colorado, um, in apartment F104. Uh, the song that I was listening to was The Wombats, Jump Into the Fog, uh, the amount of times that I repeated that song while I was writing this was nine. Um, why? Because I like to get in the groove, uh, you know, with the same thought process that I was doing. So um, then after that song happened, you know, it switched to random 
songs. I might have repeated those songs. Who knows? Uh, so this is preface, uh, real time, no bullshit. Well, I was supposed to start this on my birthday. That's why I wanted to do a fresh new start at a phenomenal company, which was the Ritz Carlton Bowser Gulch, um, in a place unknown on February 26, 2013. I am two days late, and I have no valid excuse except that that this is my first book, and that is known to be the hardest. Oh, and my slight rationalization on this book and how I wanted it to be perfect, but perfection does not come in something tangible. It's acquired, learned, tested, and even then, you always doubt yourself because, well, we're our, we are human. I always wanted it to be in the right. I always wanted to be in the right state of mind, environment, and somewhat memorable date for this preface to be me, just typing, not really know what I'm going to say. But just let it flow. <coughs> this is my first giving <coughs> Thanksgiving alone. Well, it's been sorry, <coughs> man. This is my first Thanksgiving alone. Well, it's been interesting, but somewhat like any other day, without being around my family and friends, mainly my family. However, I do want to consider some of my friends' family. What I'm listening is just as you see above the wombats jump into the fog. This song is very appropriate in my hashtag IMO, which stands for In My Opinion. Uh, it was selected at random for what I am about to accomplish and show you as the reader. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to directly call out the reader. I am... I remember learning that in school, and yeah, I never gave a shit because, well, life isn't about following rules. Yeah, sometimes we have different views on those situations, on what we as individuals deem as right or wrong. Well, that's free agency, freedom we have in this world. However, respecting one another to the utmost degree is where we fall as a society. Well, one thing that you don't know about me is that I've conducted date, time, location, songs, bands at the beginning of most of all chapters and or songs that I have personally wrote. I do have somewhat of an ADD or tangents I will trail off to here and there like I am in an alternate universe like Donnie Darko. Maybe just not as elaborate. Who knows? Um... Most of my free time, writing and notes are very random but enlightening. So I try to keep the fuck up. Anyways, this song, to me, within the title alone makes you ponder, as well as the badass beat about, well, what is fog? Is it life? Relationships of relationships? Is it a certain significant other? Is it finding out who you are? Or is it... And then I have in parentheses, at 2.50, in the song, Damn, such a great breakdown and outro. Um, is it about a certain significant other? Is it finding out just... Or is it just getting through the day? Well, I'm here to tell you it's anything you want it to be. For me, 
is about my adventure in life. This part speaks to me a lot. And it says, I've made some bad decisions. I'll admit that freely. It's just that life tastes sweeter when it's wrapped in debauchery. So drop your map, drop your plan, drop that five-step program because there's not an ounce of faith in this leap. It's, cl it's clear you feel nothing. <laughs> jump into the fog with me. Jump in, jump in, jump in, jump into the fog. So he says that four times. So, um, you know, it makes you think. Yeah, you can sometimes jump into the fog or be tricked to jumping in the fog with someone else. We always feel comfort when it is with someone else, and why shouldn't we? Yet at the same time, we need to do lots of things alone. I feel it makes you a better person. Plus, you gain, you gain respect for yourself. And for me, only conform to what you feel. However, it does come with caution. You don't want to become a hermit or a, lo or a loner or a loser. <laughs> um, that's when it can and will go downhill. People still need to have a social balance. So why am I writing this preface? Why am I showing the world what I want and am able to accomplish with this book slash business plan slash changing the world through music and charity, a.k.a. New Age Philanthropy? Why? Well, first off, this book is for you. Yes, for you. And for the people that want to know and still believe in something better each day, which is life. Caring about the person on your left and right because we are all in this fight of life and success as a whole. We are evolving so fast technologically, which makes us so much more capable of many great innovations, ideas, and experiences than what we have ever thought was possible. So let's just fucking do it. Easier said than done, duh, Devin. Now, does this come easy? Oh, fuck no. And fuck yes. Fuck yes if you have advantages, hashtag blessings, that some do not have in life. But for most, regardless, it does not come easy. And why I say easy, life is not easy unless, well, I can't even say that because I have not walked in those person's shoes. However, some people's environments can be uh, damaging success. It all comes down to, in my opinion, attitude. How you want to conduct yourself, you know, represent yourself as a human being and ultimately accomplish that far-fetched dream. Sorry if my ADD is kicking in. One, because it is a preface and in real time. I constantly explore, I think fast, and I blame that on our society in the United States of America. Everything is so much now, now, now. What the fuck? Right now, you know? Um, that wasn't right now, but, you know, everybody wants everything right now. Um, it's a love-hate relationship. Right now, it is leaning more towards hate because life should not be as stressful as some make it out us make it out to be however at the same time 
it has to be stressful. It has to be hard so we can learn and grow. Maybe just not as fucking accelerated as it is. Um, and it's true. Everything does go so fast. It's crazy um, how fast everything goes in the United States, especially. I mean, it. I mean, <clears throat> different parts of the world go a lot more, you know, probably... Um, you know, well, I know it's not as crazy as in Missouri or Utah as it is in New York or California, you know, like in L.A. or, um, you know, just in New York Times Square. I've never been there. It's gone. It, I bet it's ridiculous. And it's so fast paced. And um, that, you know, New York might be compared to like China and stuff. But, man, they have so many people there. And I just learned that um, in Singapore over there. Just to own a car, it costs you $50,000. Um, I don't know if that was U.S. or if that's Singapore, but or the yen. I think it's the yen over there. But, man, like, crazy. Just to own a, f a fucking car costs $50,000. Nuts. Um, but it shouldn't be as accelerated as this, you know? Like, it's crazy. Like, just trying to do this, I felt like I was accelerated. And it took, like two two years just for the book to get basically you know to where it is now and then you know it's online for free um i wanted to publish it and try to make money so i could get other things going with it you know and put more of my effort towards this and th even this doing this podcast has taken me uh forever um so uh back to this you know with how accelerated everything is uh that's where your attitude will come into play i just like people that are so depressed or upset at the at life that they give up start to follow rather than make their own path the only person i am trying to impress is myself and maybe someone higher if you believe in that and it all comes out down to doing it for you but i would be lying if i did not say that for someone else as fuel does help a lot even the best of us ache, suffocate in depression and need an outlet. So there is a little ta tangent. Um, sorry, let's get back to the question. How's this book for you? I believe I am here to let you know that you can achieve anything you want. Um, I'm here to say that you can achieve anything you want um, and it does not come without sacrifice and humbling of oneself. I've learned a lot on my journey that you are about to embark on. The journey started with a question that became an idea, then a concept, now a reality that will, that will happen and ultimately change the world. As taken over my whole life, that awesome thing called timing has been setting up a business idea that will blow away the entertainment in industry, cookie cutter culture. And that's a hashtag. Um, it will change the way we as a whole will sense everything in some way or another. It will radiate surreal experiences over and over again that you will never knew was possible, that you never knew was possible. Yes, I'm not being humble as I should right now i am now jumping into the fog but with a huge luminescent led flashlight gun which means i can see and know exactly what i want to accomplish 
and see the path. But I need guidance, a mentor. What better person with a humble empire who stands as an exemplar, none other than Sir Richard Branson, now passed down to his daughter, Holly Branson of the Virgin Empire. I can relate. I feel I can relate to both of these beautiful people in more, in more ways than one. But with Holly, because of our age, love for music, arts, determination, and the list goes on and on, yet... I'm still speechless by what her father has accomplished, and I still am to this day. I hope to put Virgin back on the map with a hashtag huge semi-untapped demographic, as well as inspiring faith in humanity by this proposal of Liquid Air in Liquid Sessions. So Liquid Air, like I was saying, is the predecessor. Like Liquid Sessions is this communication sector that I was going to do anyways and that... Um, I was wanting to accomplish and liquid air is that musicians resort and I'll get talking about that. And that's what this is. Um, now I'm going to jump into what liquid air is and I want you to know me on a decent level where I am. <coughs> and I want you to know me on a decent level where I am from, what I've experienced and why all these experiences have led up to a business plan that will ultimately change the world through music and charity. I present to you Pitchography, a tale of liquid air, and P.S. Holly Branson. This is right up Virgin Disruptors Alley in um, hashtag music, music segment. So um, Virgin Disruptors, um, let's see here. We'll just jump into it here. We'll go there. Um, I'm pretty sure. Do they still have the Disruptors on here? Um, I know it was a while ago, but this disruptors thing that she wanted to do, um, that she had talked about, let's see, hold on, I'm just gonna see if they even still talk about it on here. Um, so let's see when their last one was, and it might have been a long time ago, um, Let's see here. They didn't really jump into it. Let's see. If this talks about it. I don't really want to watch this video. But let's see. Is this talking about it? I'm not entirely sure. Oh, yeah. So this is like one of the workshops that they had. But I wanted to see. Um, it says, before you leave... Live Life Better is back. Listen to the self-improved podcast, which can help boost your creativity and resilience and even make you sleep better. So they're talking about that um, on there. Do they have the disruptors on here still? This is, if you're watching online, this is um, the entrepreneur one, but I could have sworn they still had... Um, so they still have the page. So this is from December 27th, 2016. So they're still, it looks like they're still doing, um, some podcasts. Oh yeah, this is, I did remember listening to this podcast. This was a cool podcast, um, that they talked about. 
And so these disruptors, you know, and Richard Branson or Holly Branson or anybody that knows them, if they're listening, I would love to go on here and talk about my dream about wanting to change the world with liquid air through this musician's resort. And basically I would be um, doing a new type of marketing um, that would just go back to the business and help out charities all over the world. Um, you know, we'd start small, probably with um, lupus and Alzheimer's because my uh, father has that. Um, and so I'd start with those two and then branch out from there and um, help out as many people as I can, but also just like use part of my money and give it back to the people um, throughout my business that, um, you know, I could randomly walk up to, give them a, uh, I don't know, like an iPad or, you know, like comp their meal or, you know, whatever I felt like doing. Um, and I'll get more into how big that business is. Um, let's see here with that preface. So if you're watching, we'll jump back into here. Um, let's see. Um, there's a thing that says 2016, letter to myself. Um, let's see if this music runs through me as part of this. So this music runs through me um, that I'll talk about really quick. Uh, this was January 21st, 2016, 5.50 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and this was in Salt Lake. Um... <coughs> Sorry, I got to take another drink. Um, so, there's a picture here. And this was taken, um, so if you're listening, it's a picture at a concert with a bunch of people with their hands up with a rock symbol, you know, um, some with a peace sign. And there's a bunch of lights, and it's a pretty dope picture. Um, I took this, and this was at, I think, uh, Walk the Moon concert. Um, like in 2015, 2014, at the complex. Um, but I'll just tell you, I'll just read this, because it helps out, like, why music and why I want to do this musician's resort. So it says, I feel like one of the reasons that I'm passionate and in so much love, um, hashtag why don't you just marry music dev, is because although I've fallen in love a few times, I always craved that fairy tale chase of that girl. I relate to the lyrics more because I'm still young in heart and life to me is about relationships. Yeah, they do come and go just like everything in life, but there's always a lesson to be learned. I can name you I can name you very specific parts and songs that remind me of family friends anybody that has some what touched my life it can vary from starting out as a word then a line then a chorus then a whole song and possibly the whole entire album the crazy thing is that it can change over time especially if you were battling pushing out renewing whatever the case may be with that individual. Not all of them are happy songs. For me, even the whole tone of the song can change. Hashtag music is fucking wild, especially in my head. Sometimes I wonder if I'm even human. <laughs> music pumps through me. It's a beautiful thing. It makes you believe 
it pushes yourself more. It makes me understand life better because you see it from very different angles, from the artist and then your personal take, then take into account all the aforementioned items. And so music is just, it's like everything to me. It's my life. Like I go to concerts nonstop. Um, you know, I have a little thing up right now in my fridge that has all the concerts that I want to go to and it's ranking them because I'm broke right now, you know, like I don't have a job. Um, I'm, you ask like how I get my money. Well, my disease is so, uh, such, well not so, yeah, it's just such a disability. It's called end-stage renal disease that the, um, government helps give me a small portion to help me live like it doesn't cover even all my bills like not even a lot of it um you know but it's something and they do that because it helps pay your medical bills because you can't work you know and it's not really the government paying me it's sort of me paying me because it does come out of my social security so yeah, I'm sort of screwed right now if I don't make any money from this. Or, you know, hopefully I'll make something. You know, make my dream come true and I'll meet Richard Branson or Holly Branson or talk to him or FaceTime them or, you know, something. Hopefully something happens, you know, with this social media doing it. But even if it doesn't, you know, like I'm still going to love life and listen to music and do what I can to help people with my positive attitude and show them, you know, like even as shitty as it is going through chemo and having hip replacements and, you know, going through dialysis again, having the kidney transplant fail, you know, I've had four hip replacements and I'm only 33. Um, I don't look or act like I'm 33. You know, I can be pretty immature sometimes like all of us, um, not immature in like a dumb way, but just like having fun and, you know, being young at heart because I think that helps your, your thought process and your DNA, like your attitude does change your DNA. Um, it does, you know, like screw things up if you're not happy about being, you know, happy about life, you know? Um, but, um, this virgin disruptors thing is, um, up virgin's alley, um, you know, it's real, literally or figuratively, whatever you want to say, like it's, um, it will help change the world through music and charity. And, you know, this place I have is a musician's resort that's both public and private. It has, um, different floors and hotel rooms for the bands to stay at as well as guests and the artist can be as loving and happy towards fans or not you know like i have secret passageways and different freight elevators and um you know it's a a restaurant a record store salon makeup store two recording studios it has you know a eco-friendly garden on top and you know i want to put like those um freaking super trees that they have you know if they um i'll show you guys really quick online um and these are in singapore right across from that freaking crazy hotel 
that has that's on a uh, Netflix now that they talk about this hotel right here. Um, I forgot what it's called. Shoot, but um, yeah, these super trees inhabit um different species and animals, and they grow around, and it helps with the air, and you can make them look badass. Um, you know, like they might have a couple, maybe not this big, because they do cost a probably a shit ton of money. Um, but here, here's an aerial view from it. You guys look at it. But, you know, it's a cool little park, and it helps with the environment, and it helps bring different species back. And so, there'll be there's those on there, you know, like, as time evolves and technology evolves, so does my dream, you know, and I have everything written down. Um, well, not written down, like, most of it, I guess you could say, is either typed out or maybe not, I don't know. Not all of it, I would say. A lot of it's in my head, but, um different ideas I think I would, um, you know, that pop in my head that I think I might lose. You know, I'm always carrying around a pen and paper with a Sharpie um, that I can write down things or, you know, just in your phone. Um, but those things are way cool. So, like, they'll be, like, super trees. Like, this place I have dreamed up, I've been working on since 2011 in my head. And, um, you know, just even this right here, I'll show you guys here like these are all the things i want to do like these are like things that will be uh you know with those puzzles and podcasts and prizes you know um i just have like a bunch of things on here um talking about that business and what i want to accomplish with it and it's music based like I said, um, and it's, it's going to be, it's just seriously going to change the world. Um, because I just want to help out so many people. I've been so blessed by different people helping me out with, you know, like monetary, like either money, gift cards, um, services, just being my friend, listening, um, I want to do the same because why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I want to help out my fellow human beings and my neighbors, you know? Um, if you go back to Christian roots and things like that, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard to comprehend how shitty our world can be right now, but there's so much good in the world, too, with all the technology and people helping people. Um, that they don't even know, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I would love to go on here or either go like, um, I love Joe Rogan. I love listening to him and, um, it'd be fun to go on his podcast and talk about this in life and just, um, you know, the accomplishments I've done with, uh, my health and this business and this book that I've been trying to do um so i'm trying to think like where i want to end it um we might end it here but you know the other podcast will be coming up um but yeah this musician's resort is huge and yeah, i've been working on it since 2011 i have all the recipes for it i have all the furniture i have the wear like 
and where um that means like uh like silver like the silverware and the cups and the plates and all that crazy shit like i have a cycled menu every three months um and that means like different cuisine every three months so it keeps uh people on their toes you know because i can cook a lot of awesome shit you know like i learned a lot when i was at the ritz carlton um from people and um you know all the chefs there were way cool and it was a fun job um but my health you know came and it screwed up i actually had to leave because i had to get a hip replacement and that was my fourth one um and i got um the hip replacement oh man shoot did i really just do that um dang i wonder if that stopped the screen recording oh maybe not <coughs> hopefully you didn't see my password i might have to change my password now if you saw it um i don't think you did i think it was all in circles anyways but um <coughs> might need to change that setting so if i actually do that again um was everything still recording shit did it stop uh looks like it went still okay so i'm about a minute or not a minute i said that last time about an hour and 45 minutes um now so that might be a good time to stop but um yeah listen to the other podcast i'll be talking more about music uh that is current and local um here in utah as well as um you know talking about virgin or technology that's happened um you know on my facebook i have like thousands well not thousands i probably have two thousand now links that i've been saving about random uh crap to talk about that interests me um but yeah this will be a tech lifestyle uh different podcasts about music um liquid sessions is it right here if you're watching online um check out my videos i'll be putting this up online as well tell your friends i might be putting it up on um spotify youtube just came out with all those new rules and stuff but if you want to stay up to date um i'll be launching uh emails maybe here soon as well as some prizes and gifts if you do sign up um and i'll contact you directly i'm trying to figure out exactly what i want to do i don't have uh any money really um i'll probably be doing a donation page and fundraiser page um and let people know what i'm using it for like try to be as transparent as i can um so you know where if you do donate what the money's going towards and you know i might give out some prizes here soon um but you know check out my podcast check out um the pictography up here you know this podcast is coming soon um as i'm getting it done the droplets and torrential thoughts might be uh some different things i'll uh be giving out passwords um soon for that um <coughs> so this liquid droplets um you know it's like my fan base you know everybody has a different thing like you have uh i guess like believers <laughs> you know things like that um taylor swift uh which she has like the swifties or i don't know you know and um 
other people have things like that so i'm just sort of doing the same thing but i like droplets um droplets you know are the rain droplets you guys are these things uh this rain comes down here and the rain um are in you know i might design something that has a what was i gonna say it has um you know 16 notes or different notes uh music notes coming down and then the droplets are you guys and you know you're gonna be this is liquid if you're watching right now there's a be the ocean behind this and um you know <coughs> i'll do a lot of different things so like pay attention you know um some things are rambling uh but some things are going to be like uh clues and things like that in the podcast so maybe i was trick rambling you never know um you could check out my about tab up here um but basically uh my tagline is i'm a chef obsessed with music gastronomy fashion anything entertainment and awesome people and keeping on while keeping it real and um you know uh dialysis is a bitch is uh my other tagline um but yeah um i wrote this in part like as real time just like i am right now and why not um it was a whole motto i had for this whole platform was just uh also be real as fuck and so that's why i am uh sorry if it offends you or anything but if you know um the cussing can happen you know people cuss like Everybody knows about it, and it's just a word. It's a sound, you guys. Like, coming out of your mouth, it didn't mean anything. You know, like, different words have different contexts, and they change over time, you know. Um, and that's just life, you know. And all these cuss words might not even be cuss words in the future. They could mean something totally different. Um, so, um, when I wrote this, one of these things I'm just going to say really quick and I'll just try to end it and we'll continue on the next one. But it says it's uh, November 2nd, 1103 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Salt Lake City, Utah. For some interesting music adventures and some depressing shit here and there. Well, this sounds, this is for you. Sounds awesome, right? <laughs> um, it won't all be depressing. Just the beginning parts of this will be a little depressing um, as this, uh, these chapters were um it'll pick up um it'll be more positive i do have some depressing slash happy news that it's happening you know i did have um my transplant and some tests are going so things are going well um it's not as easy as people think it is to get a transplant um lots of people still need transplants for different things i don't know why stem cell research isn't um, more prominent because it'll help out a bunch of people but you know what you don't make money from sick people and that's true um i'll leave you um with a, a crazy number uh that um i'll let you know really quick uh just for my dialysis it costs the insurance in um you know, a portion of that I have to pay for different things, but it costs the insurance $330,000 a year to take care of me. 
um, just for my dialysis treatment. That's not even the doctor visits. Um, that's not even meeting with the transplant team here in Salt Lake City. That's not even the medications I have to pay for and take. That's just strictly for dialysis because I go three times a week, um, you know, uh, for four to four and a half hours. And you have to have a team of people watching you. You like you have your nurses and other nurses and there's other people um just in rows um with um you know people sitting there um just getting dialysis and I'm the youngest one there I think right now and um most of the people are like in their sixties or seventies and some of them have diabetes. Luckily I don't have that. Um, but yeah, isn't it crazy? $330,000. Like Jesus, that's, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, it costs that much for my kidney. Um, actually I think I have a picture of it. Actually I do. Hold on. Let's see if you're watching online. Let's see here. So this is the letter to myself, 2016. I'll probably read that later, but, um, yeah, so this is my transplant financial agreement um, here. And um, if I get a kidney from a deceased donor, it's $316,934. If I get it from a living donor, it's $334,377. Um, my annual out-of-pocket is $6,700. Um, and it breaks down all these costs. Um that my insurance takes care of and this might actually change because i didn't have medic um cade back then i only had medicare um i just got approved for medicaid because i hit the year mark woohoo so i guess that's good um you know i'd rather have transplant before then but you know year mark is great saving money is great um but um, people might be like, so why is the living donor more? Well, they have the hospital stays. My insurance pays for all of that. Um, you actually don't get any money for your kidney. It is purely donation. Um, those little memes talking about your kidney donation, things like that. Yeah, that's not how that works. And that's like black market prices, but I wouldn't really trust a doctor cutting me open, cutting my kidney. That is a vital organ that if it fails, you die. Um, I could die at any point pretty much. Um, so that's scary, but I have a positive attitude. Um, not saying that that helps, but you know, I do my dialysis. I take my medications as I'm supposed to. I have a very strict diet. I have to stay, um, on and, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. And this is just the first year, like this estimated first year cost. I was just saying that, but, um, so I'll end it there guys um thank you for listening uh love you guys um subscribe to my channel once i get that going and tell people about it um hopefully richard branson hears this or you know some other huge investor like mark cuban would be great jeff Bezos, um amazon you know all these people but virgin is the one i'd like to have ultimately just because all their um they have all the businesses for that. Like, you know, it's not cell phones. He actually sold that business. Um, he doesn't even do that in the record company. He has his other records, but the Virgin one isn't actually owned by him anymore. And um, 
you know, he does leisure. He does, um, you know, all sorts of things. They have it sort of crazy, all the different stuff that they have for Virgin. Um, let's see here if I can show you really quick. Um, yeah, they have different investments, they have different careers. Um, find a Virgin company. So you try to find this, and he has, you know, this ridiculous racing, active, active lifestyle, the um, Virgin Airlines, uh, casinos, Virgin Care, Virgin Galactic up in the space, you know, green fun, health banks, um, holidays, VIPs, hotels, you know, and that's the other thing, like, it is a hotel, so they have that in there. Uh, the Virgin Megastore, which is dope. Um, I remember going to that on the 16th Street uh, Mall in Denver, Colorado, but it's not there anymore. It's sold. I think it's now a huge condominium, but they got bank for that lease place right there. Um, he has money, radio produced, you know, for videos that his son helped out with um, on there. You know, Virgin Red for uh, AIDS and his trains and wines, you know, that he has a bunch of things that is everything I want to do. Um, telecom, um, money, leisure, people, planet. Um, so yeah, that's my dream. Um, guys, um, hopefully, uh, you know, it comes true cause it'd be awesome. And sorry, I'm like screwing up here. I don't know why it's not letting me. There it goes. Go out. So, um, thank you guys. I hope you guys have a great um, night and day, whatever you're listening to. And um, wherever you guys are in that astrosphere, who knows where this goes. Have a great day. Love ya. Um, tell your friends. I hope you guys had a good time. And we are now almost at two hours, so it's a good stopping point. Have a super day and keep to your new year's resolutions this was one of my new year's resolutions to get this going and just do it live not even edit it really uh at all just because it's it's live got to be transparent in this day and age because uh who knows what fake is you know so anyways have a um yeah just have a great day enjoy life wake up be happy Try to exercise, eat right, um, be somebody better than you were before yesterday and today in the future and in those atmospheres. Guys, love you. Um, yeah, um, you can follow my journey. I'll be talking more about all the crazy stuff that's happening through my transplant and i'll try to show you different videos i have so uh keep up to date about that and i'll talk about that in podcast and i'll talk to you later